the Trailblazing Techs, and today we have Daniel, who is Director of Training and also co-owner of Sataria Training and Fitness down in Houston, Texas. So welcome. Thanks for having me. How are you? I am doing well. How about yourself? I've been doing good. I've been doing good. Um, you know, Houston, I mean, like we just talked about, is, is on lockdown again but uh, um, with the whole pandemic, but um, overall doing well. Yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit because you guys kind of went through the first big wave of COVID and then it seemed like rules kind of lessened and now you're kind of in this second wave. But what have you guys been doing as a gym um, to be safe, but also, you know, I know you guys train, you know, people like me, but you also train professional athletes and stuff like that. So how have you guys been balancing all of this in your gym? So, I mean, it's kind of crazy because we opened, uh, opened up the gym March 2nd. And, uh, you know, we had this, this, uh, this idea of what the gym was going to be and who we were going to service and all that um, throughout, like, the planning process of opening it. And then COVID hit. So we had to, just like most businesses, have to kind of pivot and make some changes and, and uh, kind of deal with um, adapt and overcome um, in a way. And, uh, so what we decided to do was pretty much, um, I mean, all our older population clients and stuff like that, we were told, told them to stay at home. We didn't want to risk anything. And then, uh, we were already dealing with some athletes, but it kind of switched over to only being athletes in the younger population. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty much what we've still been doing. Um, uh, since the last time we talked, so the first time we talked, uh, we had, um, I mean, everyone knows it, it, it kind of went down and then it went back up pretty rapidly. Mm -hmm. We had, uh, two, um, two people who were in contact. So we completely closed down again after that. So it's just been kind of reading the situations and being as careful as possible, thinking about, you know, who we can affect, potentially affect negatively with the virus. And uh, just being compassionate about that while also trying to, you know, continue to run a business and stay afloat, especially during this time. So, so, so how long have you guys been open um, in general? And how long have you, have you been there since the, the beginning of the gym? So as a company, we've been like running since 2013. Um, mm -hmm. I, so Jay is the owner of it and the founder of, of Sataria Training and Fitness. Um, I've known Jay through the whole, the entirety of the company, but I haven't been a part of it. Um, sure. We've been friends, uh, friends, and he's been a mentor to me um, for a while now. And uh, sure. so I think it was 2000, what are we in now? 17? No, we're in 20. So it's 2017. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm working in my head here. 2017, uh, I joined the company and uh, we were... I mean, we've been renting space out of different gyms. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's how we were operating before. Um, and we would yep. just bring our clients there, paying for their membership as well as um, yep. for us to bring clients over until we built up enough uh, clientele and, and uh, financial backing to actually have our own spot. So. And so where are you guys located in Houston? So we're pretty much the gallery area. Um, I'm not sure. Okay. I mean... What your, who your listeners are, but if you're familiar with uh, Firehouse Saloon, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a big staple in Houston. Um, yeah, so we're yeah. like a block away from them. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Good spot. And, yeah. you know, what makes you guys different at Sataria? If I, if I was looking for a gym, why, why would I choose you guys as to the next either CrossFit box or another gym? Or, you know, what, what's your differentiator, you think? So everything we do is one-on-one. We don't do group training, not even if it's like, I mean, if there's two people that have the same goals and move the same and all that, then that's cool. We'll do that. Um, but everything's one-on-one. So you get one trainer plus one client. Um, and that's mm-hmm. how it's always been. Um, we don't see the value in group training. Um, mm-hmm. And nine times out of 10, someone's going to get hurt in group training uh, more than, you know, individually. Uh, so we take our time and we give individual attention one. And then we have a specific system that we go through um, a lot of single leg mechanics stuff, making sure the right muscles are firing, fi- fixing any dysfunctions that might be going on in the body, which everyone, I don't mm-hmm. care if it's like the highest athlete to like someone who hasn't even been moving um, for the longest, that everyone has a dysfunction. Um, sure. And then going through the ass- proper assessments, making sure, you know, body's moving the, the correct way, everything's firing, and then getting mm-hmm. into uh, the fun stuff. So we don't think that any of the, like, the complex movements are effective unless you do move properly first. Yeah. So that's why we do everything. I mean, I mean, we have a system and we follow it to a T. If you're good within two weeks, we'll move on. But if not, we'll stick to that same system, um, single it. leg stuff, and then make it harder and harder and harder until, you know, we find it like, okay, you can go on. Um, yeah. That's so, cool though, because I'm yeah. even, uh, like right now, right. I'm, I'm athletic. I work out, but I'm definitely not at the top tier. Like some of the people you train, but one thing I've recently mm-hmm. learned is that like my glutes aren't firing when they need to. And it's actually causing me like a lot of back pain and a lot of problems. And I'm having to kind of like step back to like very fundamental and basic movements that you kind mm-hmm. of are like, you wonder at first, you're like, is this, necessary you know do I need to do this and it really starts from kind of your foundation and you know quite frankly I probably have kind of hurt myself because you know not paying attention to those details whether it's me neglecting it or maybe not being taught I'm not entirely sure but you know something as small as like my glute not firing when I need it to like I'm having a lot of issues and it and it kind of really hearing you say that like just just kind of puts it in in writing for me of how important it really is to, to get yeah. some of those foundations down. Most definitely. And even myself, like at the beginning of this quarantine, the first, the, the worst time possible, because one, I have a gym I can work out at. And then two, I was broken completely. Like my hip was shifted. I forgot what the chiropractor said, but we took x-rays and he was like, I don't know what you did, but it was bad. So like, yeah. I had to dial it back. I mean, two weeks of not doing anything and just getting adjustments and stuff because yep. I was, I mean, I've never felt this pain before um, and just getting adjusted. And then I had to dial it back to, you know, single leg glute raises, the same stuff that I have my guys do. I was doing the same exact stuff Yep. and uh, retraining myself and starting from, you know, day one. And that's sometimes your body needs that just to, to reset and do a little bit of rehab. Yeah. So. For sure. And, and one thing, because at the beginning of quarantine, I don't have a gym, but I have enough to like be dangerous, right? 
And yeah. when you're kind of sitting around and you're stuck at home and here in Denver, it was still snowing during quarantine. And I found myself working out a lot, like a lot more than normal. Cause I was like, well, I don't have anything to do. And I ended up hurting myself kind of to your point that sometimes you just need to slow down, rehab, stretch, work on those fundamental uh, type of movements, um, you know, to, to get better, get stronger, but also so you don't hurt yourself. So yeah, one of the reasons that I had you on is because, you know, as we talked about, and as, as people listening have kind of caught on the point of the podcast, is talking about people's paths and people's journeys. And mm-hmm. I met you November at a friend's birthday extravaganza in, in Austin. And um, yeah. anyway, I just found your story really intriguing because you had a very windy path. And, you know, now you're somewhere where you're pursuing your passion. You're working with awesome people. You're running a business, you know. It's, it's really what a lot of people um, are striving for. And so I wanted mm-hmm. to kind of just share the fact that you did not have, you know, when I say straight and narrow, I don't mean that like you had behavioral issues or anything, but like a straight and narrow path of A, B, C, D, E, this is what you're going to do. And right. so, you know, the first thing I wanted to talk about is, you know, after high school, you said you found yourself, you didn't know exactly um, what to do. Um, and then eventually you found yourself in the Marines. And so I, I wanted to, first of all, thank you for your service. Cause you know, being a Marine is, oh, man, I, I just can't imagine. And, and you guys are fighting, you know, for this country and the freedoms that, that we get to enjoy, but how did you, how did you land there? You know, what made you decide to pursue the Marines of all branches of the military? So I actually was in ROTC before I was like ninth grade, I think. And I was, I remember specifically, I got out of ROTC. I was like, I'm not joining, so it doesn't matter. Like, I'm done. And mm-hmm. uh, I didn't like the structure of it. I didn't like anything about it. But I was a, a, also, like, a kind of rebellious kid. I was not. I mean, yeah. I grew up in Southwest Houston in A-League. So, I mean, we weren't the best kids. Um, sure. So, I mean, I got out of that. And maybe, uh, I mean, my dad was not, my, my dad was not a, uh, like, a traditional sense of a person. He wasn't focused on like school or anything. He had his body shop, which he was an entrepreneur as well. So I, I credit him for sure for like my mindset and how I think yeah. a little bit. Um, but like he wasn't pushing school or anything like that. So uh, when I got out of the high school, I was kind of, kind of, I was like free to do whatever I wanted to. Um, he, he thought school was a good idea. So I tried it. I tried HDC, uh, dropped mm-hmm. out. Um, I didn't drop out the right way. So I owed a bunch of money. So I had to pick up uh pick up some uh, like a construction job or whatever um sure. I worked for a little while and then and then finally I was I was at a at a crossroads is where I kind of wanted to get out of the house um my dad had remarried and I wasn't in, in like the best place with them and you know mm-hmm. have, having that issue of like okay I don't have enough money to get my own spot or and then I'm having issues with you know with with you know home life um i had to choose something so i decided to to sign up for the marines and and that's one of the main reasons i think there's a bunch of reasons that i can pull um but i think that was like the defining thing um yeah so yeah yeah and so let me ask you this is it so when you say someone served in the marines do you say they were a former marine or are you always a marine like once a marine always marine so once and once and always yeah um so it's always a former Marine unless they were kicked out or they were got set it. out. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. And so how long did you serve? I did four years. 
Um, so I went in in 2008 and got out in 2012. Yeah. And, and what was your favorite part of serving? Because, you know, when I think of the Marines, I think of, you know, absolute craziness and, and regimented and intense. Um, but people thrive in those type of environments. Um, so what was your favorite part about serving? What were some of the best lessons that you took away from being a, a Marine? Oh, man. So it's it's pretty easy to pull what I enjoyed about it. I mean, the people. I mean, you you create such a good friendships, friendships and brotherhood with everyone that you're with, um, serving with, um, whether it be yeah. from rec recruit training to the actual, like, you know, in the fleet. Um, so I would have to say, you know, my people, my, my, my guys that I was with. Um, and then lessons. I mean, there's so many adapt and overcome is, is like one of the biggest, yeah. I mean, you don't, you, there's a, there's a saying in like, I forgot who said it, but, um, they're forced to retreat. Um, but instead of saying that he was retreating, he's like, now we're just going to attack from a different, you know, different way. So it's just mm -hmm. like looking, looking for another way. So like, just like solution. This pandemic. Yeah. This pandemic, it's like, we had a choice. It's like, yeah, we, okay. We signed a five-year lease. Uh, we put all this money into this this gym to create like this whole system, and uh, yeah. this pandemic was threatening, you know, what we were trying to make, and and we had a choice whether we we're gonna, you know, fold or continue to do it. So we we found a way. Um, so yeah, that, that's one of the biggest uh, things I would say: adapt and overcome. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think, I think that's cool, you know, and, and, and that's why I think in general, me personally, I love working with veterans, in, at least in my line of work, because I find that you guys are able to overcome and find solutions um, and, and, and not back down from an obstacle, um, mm -hmm. which, you know, is, is a great trait or skill or however you want to define it to have. Um, and so I think those are great lessons, whether you continue your career in the military or like you, you have gone on yeah. and you own, you own a gym. I think it's applicable no matter what. But one thing that I did want to touch on is, you know, your favorite part of serving was probably the people that you served with um, mm -hmm. and the guys that you either went through recruiting with or, you know, I don't know all the lingo, but through the military with. Yeah. And, um, you know, right now um, we're at such like social tensions and racial tensions and I think there's moments like this where you worked or served with people that have come from every type of background, are different mm -hmm. race, different ethnicities, different creeds, different religions, but you guys are working towards a common goal. And mm -hmm. so I think that's a powerful statement. Like I had someone on my podcast the episode that dropped today. He's a coach. And we talked about why we love sports so much because you get a group of people that are very, very different and you're working towards a common goal. And mm -hmm. so I know there's a lot of, divisiveness in the world. I know people are trying to divide us and, and tear us down, but there's a lot of great examples where all of us do come together. And one of the examples is the military, people fighting for this country and the rights and the freedoms that we, you know, someone like me has, you know, the, the luxury of, of being able to have. And so, you know, that's one thing why I respect the military so much is it's every type of person in this country is serving and protecting and and you know, giving me the, the the country that I get to to live in. So, just one thing I wanted to touch on. I don't want to go too far into like those type of issues on 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 this podcast, but one thing I did want to touch on. So, after doing your four years, um, how does this work? You 
the GI Bill. What do you get that? Do you apply for it? How does how does that kind of stuff work? So the GI Bill, you have an option to pay into this this uh, program. Basically, um, I'm not okay. sure. Like the whole recruit training thing is kind of a cloud to me, especially. I think I'm almost ten years. No, yeah, for sure. Yeah, eight years for from from being out of the military. So like during all that, you have like classes where you, you know, you make your bank account. So you get direct deposit and like you're yeah, sleep yeah. deprived and all this stuff. So they make you pretty much make you pay into this program, which is a great thing. Like, I mean, sure. I think everyone should be paying into it. And then at the end of your, your, your enlistment, or I don't think if it's, it's even at the end of it, I think you only have to do like a year of your enlistment to qualify mm -hmm. for the program. Um, Got it you get this GI Bill, um, which basically pays for, you know, it's pretty much a scholarship. It pays for your schooling, your books, your housing. So you get, mm -hmm. you know, nice. depending on where your school's at, you get X amount of money um, for, for BAH or basic housing allowance. Nice. And so when you decided to go back to school, I assume you used the GI Bill. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So after your four years in the Marines, you decided to go back to school, uh, mm -hmm. took advantage of the GI Bill, which, like you said, I, I think it's a great program. Um, you know, you went back to University of Houston. So walk us through that. So earlier in your life, you, you gave college a go, didn't work out, mm -hmm. took a different path. And then you decided to go back to school where you did complete your degree. So kind of walk us through, I guess, the mentality there of why was it a good time then versus maybe not before? I mean, I think being 18, 19, like I didn't know where I wanted to be. I mean, for until maybe two years after I got out, I still didn't know where I wanted to be. But at least at that okay. point, I was a little bit more mature. I could uh, kind of kind of keep my attention on something more than, you know, just the normal, uh, what an 18 yeah. year old kid wants to do. Um, and, you know, I mean, I was getting paid to do it. So why, why not? Um, yeah. I had four years of really restrictive, you know, structure that through that whole time, I kind of made up my mind. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to go to school for. I'm going to get out. I'm going to go to school, but I'm going to go. Um, and I enrolled in, uh, I think I got into U of H as a pre-engineering degree uh, because I was like, oh, they make a lot of money. Let me just do that. Yeah. And I could not even understand the syllabus to be honest with you. It wasn't like a regular <laughs> syllabus. It was a, yeah. it was like a hierarchy of like, you gotta do this. It was a very much an engineering type of way of looking syllabus. at things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So from that moment, I think I knew that, that that wasn't what I was gonna do, but at least I was gonna get my basics done. Um, so that's, yeah, where yeah. I was, that's where I sat for a while. Um, and then eventually, um, so while I was doing that, I, I my brother, we were working out together because that was like the only constant that I had um, getting out of the structure again. I had, I felt like I had to make up for lost time. So I was like partying, I was drinking. I was like yeah. typical Marine type stuff, um, but in the civilian life. So it was like no structure, um, but like constantly just working out as well. Um, mm -hmm. My brother, my brother saw that I was pretty good at it. Uh, so that's actually how I got into training. It's like he was, he, he yeah. urged me to go, and uh, get a certificate so I could start training. Um, mm -hmm. And and I realized that I, you know, I, I was decent at it. And that's actually where I met Jay, uh, who's running, you know, the business right now. Um, he was teaching this certification course that I signed up for. Um, it's called MPTI, National Personal Training Institute. Uh, I think mm -hmm. it's based out of 
Chicago or Boston? Boston, I think it's Boston. Um, but there's okay. a campus here in Houston. Um, okay. So it's a hands-on, so you get training. Uh, so you get anatomy, nutrition, all that in the classroom, uh, first half. And then the second half, you go out into the gym. And if you're a first, like, first-time student in the classroom, then you get trained by the older students. So there's two parts of it. And then eventually you become the older student. So now you're training the newer students. So mm -hmm. that's how you get your hands on that way. Um, so I did that. I finished that within six months. And then I realized after that, my engineering debacle, um, that I would switch to uh, uh, exercise science kinesiology. Yeah. Um, so that's what I focused nice. on for the rest of my UH career. Yeah. Nice. Well, if it makes you feel better, I started college undeclared and my dad hung on to hope that I would be an engineer. And so I yeah. took like calc, physics. I was good at physics, but yeah, calc, man. It was calc one, so it wasn't anything yeah. that difficult. And I just, mm -mm. so yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you on the debacle. Thanks. Um, so, so, so you get out of the military and you work out a lot, but when you were growing up like in high school and stuff, did you play sports and, and you were into fitness or was that something that came just later? No, it wasn't. Uh, I think my mom put us in peewee football, and it lasted a week. She was like, no, nah, this, this is too rough. We're not doing that. Um, yeah, yeah. And so that was basically it. But my mom was very, very much active uh, when she was alive. Yeah. Um, so she would take us to, like, the track, and, and I would run with her and, and stuff like that. And she, she was definitely a person who I think struggled with her weight. And she wasn't mm -hmm. overweight, but she wasn't happy with the way that she was. So it's like, mm -hmm. I would see firsthand how she was like really trying doing Billy Blanks typo or, you know, dancing to whatever, who is Richard Simmons. And, uh, I don't know. so th that was always fun for me to like watch. And, and now looking back, I see the connection of like, oh, okay, yeah. she was really into it and I'm really into it. And there's definitely a connection there. So I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. My, my, bro my older brother actually pointed that out to me recently. So, so yeah. that is cool. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of amazing how things influence you at such a young age, and then you don't realize it until you're older, and it's kind of like this light bulb goes off, and you're like, oh, well, duh. Yeah. Like, you know, you're kind of like, oh, well, yeah, no, duh, yeah. I'm doing this. So, I, I mean, I think that's pretty special that, you know, you get to, you know, carry a piece of your mom into into what you're doing today and, mm -hmm. and reflect on it and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. so. You got your certifications, and um, when did you kind of, and, and you finished your degree from U of H, um, when did you decide that, hey, you want to pursue, because you can always work in a gym, but when did mm -hmm. you decide that you wanted to be a partner of a gym? So it wasn't actually, so I always knew that, Jay and I always knew that we were going to work together some sometime, I don't know, yeah. um, but I think something needs to grow on its own first and individually, um, so mm -hmm. what I did, while I was getting my degree, I worked at multiple gyms. Um, I worked at Gold's Gym for about three or four years as just a trainer. Mm -hmm. uh, they gave me mm -hmm. the flexibility to go to school and, and leave when I needed to and train when I needed to and do whatever I needed. Right. Um, and they, they didn't have us like clock in or anything. It was literally just like go and train and then leave. So it wasn't held to like an eight hour shift or anything. Um, and then I went to 24. Uh, did that for a time. Um, I actually worked up to a management position there. Uh, nice. So I learned like the sales process and, you know, how, how, what really creates a good working training system, um, how to sell, um, 
all this like things that I think big box gyms do do well. I mean, they're huge um, for a reason. Um, right. Unfortunately, like some of them aren't doing well right now. Um, right. But, but you know, I, I learned as much as I can from them uh, while I could. And then I always knew that Jay and I were going to work together. So I brought all that knowledge to, mm, to nice. STNF, right? Um, so yeah, when, whenever the opportunity came and he was like, okay, I'm ready to grow, um, I came on board and, and we started mm-hmm. rocking. And, nice. And what is, uh, what's Jay's background? Is it something similar to you? Or yeah, I guess, how did you guys bring the two different, I guess, parties together to have something as successful as your gym? So Jay went to U of H for exercise science as well. Um, mm-hmm. So he graduated, I can't remember when he graduated, 15 maybe. Um, and then he was training at the MPTI. Um, mm-hmm. So he also has that, that certificate as well. Uh, so yeah. we both had the same degree, same certificates and everything. I think he was more into going to physical therapy though. Um, his dad was pushing him into that route. Um, but after shadowing um, num- numerous uh, physical therapist, he realized that it was just, you just got so far with physical therapy. Um, and that's mm-hmm. kind of where, where we, we land. It's like, we are rehab. So what we will do is, um, we don't stop at where you can just walk. We want to take, um, physical therapy to performance training. So it's bridging the gap almost from those yeah. two. Um, so that's, that's kind of what he started doing. Um, is taking in teaming up with physical therapists and, and, and uh, surgeons and saying, you know, okay, we have this guy who plays basketball, he tours MCL or ACL or whatever, and he needs to get back to playing. How, what's the best way we can do this? And what we do is we take, um, we, we send them to surgery if they need the surgery, and then we double the PT and our training. So we even have a guy right now who's like three or four days out of, of, uh, surgery and he's you know 90 degrees on his knee that he has ACL meniscus wow. on so it's just yeah. like speeding up the recovery in a smart way and and trying to bridge like all make a complete circle with everything so that's where Jay comes in and his knowledge yeah and all that yeah that's cool though because I tore my ACL when I was 16 uh, I just turned 16 and my path to recovery was super long, really long time. And part of it to this day, even before having this conversation, I felt it was because like PT and applying that for performance were kind of siloed. So it was kind of like, okay, let's work on your knee and make sure you can bend it and, you know, go through all of that. But there was never a transition into performance. It kind of just was like, here is your six month mark. Let's go ahead and start X, Y, and Z. It was a long time Mm -hmm. ago, but I felt and, and as time has gone on, people recover from ACL so much more quickly. Um, mm-hmm. And it's incredible because mine took probably from tearing it, surgery, rehab, and everything in between, a solid eight months for me to really be up and down on a basketball court, like yeah. jumping, pivoting, like all of that stuff. And yeah, and, it, and part of it was just because it was very siloed. Now, I had great PT. Like, I really give credit to my physical therapist and stuff like that, but I do wish there was kind of that bridging that gap because I could have gotten on the court sooner. Now, was there necessarily a need for me to get on the court sooner? Not really because I tore my ACL at the very beginning of basketball season, so, like, I had a really long time, but 
Mm-hmm. You know, that was still mobility that I probably lost and never gained back. Comfortable, like being comfortable. Like, you know, I was so guarded just because I wasn't, you know, in real life type of situations. And so it was just right. a really, it was a really rough like year and transition back to like moving how I, how I wanted to move. So I think bridging that gap is, you know, a phenomenal mm-hmm. idea concept because you'll just make people more comfortable uh, I can't say they'll come back better or stronger, but the idea is that hopefully they're, you know, back to at least where they, they left off. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. With that, though, question I do have is, you know, what's your favorite part of training people? Because like I said, you train tons of different people um, mm-hmm. of every level, right? So what is your, what's your favorite thing about it? And, and I will say, like, I follow you guys on Instagram and you guys look like you always have a really good time and you enjoy what you're doing so I would say that's definitely up there like you guys just enjoy what you do but outside of that what's your favorite part um man everything's pretty fun here um I mean working with the 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 pro guys are a lot of fun um seeing the progress um we just had a kid from Baylor uh I I worked with him believe me sorry um I worked with him since April and uh, seeing the progress between uh, he came in and he, his biggest issue was he couldn't like, he didn't have a good vertical. He wasn't dunking basically. And he's a point guard. I mean, he doesn't really need to go in as much, but uh, we maybe a month and a half into it, we went and watched him play on the court because we we not only do the stuff here, we have a, a shooting coach on the court and he'll like do some training with them um, some skills wise and uh, they play five on five for the first time and he went up and dunked like three times and he's all on this was all on camera and trying to get footage yeah, and stuff yeah. and the camera's on him and he's like I've never done that in my life so I call my dad yeah. and he was just so excited yeah. and like seeing the excitement about it um, and then I mean it's all him we just gave him the tools to do it but uh, just seeing the excitement and, and that transfers all the way to, you know, our general population. I haven't really worked with much general population now, uh, considering the times, but seeing the transition between uh, where they come in and seeing not only the physical change, but like the emotional or the confidence changing and seeing mm-hmm, someone, mm-hmm. you know, kind of hunched over and they finally they're walking in super excited, chest up and you know, nice, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, you know, it, there's so much, so much that goes into training, not only like the physical aspect of it, but like emotional or uh, psychological. I mean, uh, if anytime you spend more than five minutes with someone, I feel like you're not in, a, I'm not taking anything away from counselors, but you are in a sense a counselor to them or an yeah. emotional support to them. Uh, so I feel like that's a huge part of this business as well is uh, making sure yeah. that mental- mentality is, you know, is good, you know, uh, especially for those who are, who are injured and, you know, at the top tier and all of a sudden can't even walk right. So yeah, yeah. Making, sure, making sure that they're all intact and they actually could see the, the finish line and stuff like that. So, um, for sure. so yeah. I don't know That's if that answered the yeah. question. No, it does. And then you can just tell, you know, that, that you enjoy your job just the way you, you, you yeah. answered um, that kind of question. Um, yeah. So kind of wrapping it up here, I do have a question. Can people buy that shirt that you're wearing? Yeah, we don't have many of them. Not this color. This one's only for me. Um, yeah. But we have, <laughs> we have the black ones. Um, 
and then yeah do you want one I could send you one I definitely would want one like yeah. I've seen you guys wear them in your post and I'm like that's sure yeah. freaking cool partly because like your gym is cool but also you guys yeah. all have like really gnarly beards um and so I, I just think it's a really cool shirt so yeah. I see you in it and then who are the other two so this one's Jay in the middle okay all right and yep. then Mike Mike is our uh, other trainer yeah and um, cool. we're actually we're actually gonna put tattoos on our face because that's never gonna happen in real life. So we figured oh. it would be it would be really funny just to have like a cross there or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. I I just seen you guys wear those shirts and I'm just like they're they're freaking cool. I don't know what it is. It's kind of like I don't know, pet boys but with beards and like exactly what it cool is. things. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We asked, okay. I we like asked it. the artists, I was like, can you do because we're we're planning on doing a podcast as well, but it kind of fell through a little bit. Um Yeah, yeah. And this was gonna be our podcast uh oh. like thing. And I was like, Can you do pet boys but our face? And she this yeah. is what she came up with. So it's it's pretty cool. I like it. Spot on. Well, yeah. so speaking of podcasts, I know it's on pause. Are you guys thinking about doing it once things slow down or kind of where are you guys at with that? Um, so we, it was really like a, a conversation of having it while things were slow because we had all these guys coming through and they were all about it. They were like, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're, we're cool to do a podcast. So we got all the equipment and we sat down to do like the intro one. And, uh, and then we realized it was a lot of work. So kudos to you. It for is a lot doing of work. <laughs> Um, I will say I will say I am fortunate someone volunteered to like edit video and stuff like that for uh, me because I can do it but like I don't do it on a regular basis so it takes me so much longer and she kind of just put her hand out there and she offered and it actually didn't the way she asked it didn't dawn on me like I kind of just was like okay and then one day I was literally like running and I was like wait Corinne basically volunteered to do all this I need to call her back because I I did it once and I was like this took forever um so it is a lot of work but kind of like to your point with what you do I find it rewarding you know I get to talk to cool people there's good stories getting out there and my intent is not to become famous granted that would be cool but like that's not my intent it's you know if it's if it's a if it's one person that these stories resonate with then like I feel like I'm succeeding um Mm -hmm. and so but yeah, so what was going to be kind of the, to- I would assume fitness of some sort is, was going to be the topic of your podcast. Yeah. So since we have all these pro guys, I mean, it wasn't only going to be pro, but uh, I feel like they have great stories um, and yeah. you know, people, people only see uh, one aspect of them and it's on the court or on the field. And uh, there's, there's a lot that goes into being, you know, who they are. And um, yeah. a lot of them deal with, you know, uh, depression, anxiety, whatever. And uh, I think, you know, just like you said, if it resonates with someone, if, I mean, if they can see, you know, someone who's supposed to be, you know, this poster person, yeah, yeah, perfect person, um, and realize that they're real and, you know, they're people and they, uh, they put their pants on just like everyone else, unless they're wearing a skirt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that, that's what we wanted to do. And, and yeah, I mean, it was for everyone, but we have access to, you know, people, so yeah well cool no I mean I I understand it is a lot of work but if you guys ever did decide to start it up again I definitely would be interested just based on some of the guys that I see that you guys train uh one of them is one of my favorite basketball players so I was I was kind of just keen to see where you guys were at with that but totally get it it's a lot of work so you guys are busy um 
Who's your favorite thing. again? Oh, oh, DJ Augustine. Yeah, it's still I your favorite. Him. I love him. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he's still my favorite, but like I always, I'm always a big fan. Um, yeah. And so when I saw that he was like on your story, I was like, oh, that's so cool. Um, yeah. But someone like him has had like a crazy journey as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I really, I really like him. So I think it's pretty cool that don't train sure. him. He, um, he definitely has a cool, cool story. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's out in Orlando right now. Being, oh, yeah, for the basketball yeah. NBA stuff. Well, that's where he's staying, but, yeah, he's going to be oh, in the bubble he? if it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is kind of crazy, like the whole bubble concept. But I guess you got to contain it some way. So last thing, small little plug for you guys. How can people keep up with you guys on social media and stuff like that? So you can follow us at on Instagram, STFHouston. Um, I think we're on Facebook, STF Houston as well. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty much everything STF Houston. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, I am glad we were able to schedule this. I know we had to kind of reschedule and, and stuff like that, but I appreciate yeah. you coming on. Um, I appreciate you willing to, to share your story. So like I said, when I met you last November of 2019, right? Yeah, 2019, November, um, we were like, we were at this long table and me, you and your wife were kind of like at the end and yeah. just like learning about your story. I just, I found it very intriguing and inspiring. So, you know, I'm glad to see, you know, I, I guess like what I said, resonating with other people, lots of people don't take a straight path, right? Very few right. people actually do. It's a lot of trial mm-hmm. and error or you discover something new or something happened and things are kind of like stepping stones, right? Um, you know, you could have potentially had a career in the military, but you decided to do something else, right? That was just a step in your story or your life or your path, however you want to put it. Um, right. So yeah, so I, I, I really appreciate you coming on. And I, you know, throughout the craziness, I hope you and your gym, you know, kind of stick, stay with it. And, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to close down or anything like that. Yeah, we'll be fine. Thanks for having us, having me on. Yeah. Uh, and if you're ever in Houston, please come by. Yeah, yeah. I well, I was planning on coming in August, but I don't know if that's gonna happen anymore. But uh, uh, I definitely do want to check out your gym for sure. So whenever I'm in town, uh, I'll definitely let you know. For sure. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Daniel, and I hope you have a good uh, rest of your week. Thanks. You too.